What's your blood alcohol content? How did you get camo Jordans? They make them. Is it not a word? Dude, it is to a word. You harking back. You harking back. No, you do not. I was useless. Wait, hold on. Delonica? I'm hurting, man. Are you puking? Did you just bust out a Sargento? We're a uh, Tillamook family. What's the proper technique to milk the teat? If they are competing for state championships, they ain't paying for their blizzards. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith Podcast here at Outsider. It is Easter week, so we can just start right there. Wesley, Travis, we can... uh, I love Easter week. I love Easter week so much. It is uh, such a beautiful time of year and such a beautiful reminder of... uh, making sure that you are full of gratitude and uh i have little kids and so easter is extra special when you have little kids and so i love this week laney's whole fam i mean the whole fam damley is coming in to town so we're going to host laney's parents uh two of her three sisters and uh and their families and so we are looking forward to how this week unfolds where are they from Marty, What's that? Where's uh, where's Laney's family from? South Jersey. Laney grew up in Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, here, here in just a couple months, I will be doing the podcast from Ocean City, New Jersey, Wesley, because we spend our summers up there. I love it. It's an amazing little quaint beach town that is really old school. I mean, most of the businesses are cash businesses, and you park your car and you ride your bike everywhere. Uh, it's a dry town which uh, you know how much I like my, my Jack Daniels, but I can get that right over the bridge at the Circle Liquor Store in Summers Point. I love that Ocean City is dry, and one of the reasons that I love that it's dry is it just, it just creates a very different type of energy. And everybody there is having booze, but they go right across the bridge to get it. So... We'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll unpack the master's experience as we make our way through this, but how was your week, bro? Oh, it was excellent. You will never guess who I saw last week. Okay, let me try. Let me see. Guess who you saw last week. Uh, I'm trying to think if it was somebody we discussed, like that we talked to or told old lies about. I can't – I don't know. I have no idea. I'm brain dead right now. What you got? I saw you all over – my TV every single time <laughs> you I did. watch the yeah. coverage of the Masters, man. And you had a fresh suit on, seersuckers. Uh, you looked like you were a little cold out there uh, wearing your CFP uh, zip, zip up shirt. But I want to applaud you and Travis for the Masters podcast that I listened to as I did some grocery shopping and errand running. Uh, definitely check that out. If you didn't listen to it, it's still awesome and topical. And I got to say, my favorite production choice about that show, and we'll get back to our show uh, in a minute. Well, it is our show. We can talk about whatever we want. Every time y'all would switch between sound bites or interviews, there's this little whoosh, golf. It's like the sound of like a golf swing. And I thought that was a nice little touch. But great job, man. Seriously. Uh, your coverage was fantastic. The HD camera um, didn't make you look bad or anything. I know you're concerned about that. 
sometimes with <laughs> with with your with your uh, diet and your fish and beer consumption. But uh, um, seriously, y'all did a great job. Well, thank you. Uh, it's an amazing blessing just to get to be there, first of all, but to be part of ESPN's coverage and get to do so much with and for them and, and all of my friends that are part of that broadcast to get to do the interviews at the par three for, uh, contest first tee was humbling beyond words to come on air. I mean, that's a five-hour production. The first three hours are on ESPN+, Plus, and then the final two hours are on ESPN1 on terrestrial television and, and whatnot and, and all that. But it was amazing to me to come on air for the Par 3 contest and really kind of bring us on air interviewing Mr. Tom Watson, Mr. Gary Player, and Mr. Raymond Floyd – uh, who have six green jackets between them. And so that was extremely humbling and, and, and interviewing all the, all the players that I, with whom I chatted there at the par three. And then you move on throughout the week and the Tiger story, which was already the biggest story in the world, um, certainly the world of sports and, and maybe the world. Um, I know, there, I know that, that there were people watching all over the globe what he was going to do and how he was going to perform and manage walking an extremely physically taxing Augusta National Golf Club uh, with one leg, basically. And it was a wild thing to witness. I don't think it's an overstatement to call it miraculous. Uh, I did so several times on ESPN. And then there's the Masters podcast side, uh, which Travis and I are so grateful that the Folks at Augusta National believe enough in, uh, in us to, to offer us that responsibility and that blessing. And we had unbelievable guests. Uh, shout out to McKenzie and Maddie Lou and everybody that was involved with the, the Augusta National team for helping us secure those great guests. Um, Harry Kane is a, uh, a, a, a Premier League soccer icon. And uh, then we had Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. We had uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who had tremendous uh, insight on Tiger Woods. So it was uh, very fulfilling. So thank you for your kind words. It was, it's quite a week. I mean, it's hard to describe unless you're in it just how all-consuming it is. It is all-consuming when you're there covering the Masters, and it's – even more so when you're doing it for multiple platforms and multiple companies and that kind of thing. But we had some, we had some moments, um, man, did we have some moments that stop time. Um, of course, with the, the, we had the opportunity to interview Tiger several times, uh, a chat with him, and he was very good to us. He gave us time and he gave us insight for which we were very grateful about this challenge that he undertook and it was amazing to see the galleries ESPN charged me with trying to encapsulate what I was witnessing and do it in two or two and a half minutes and I did my best but it, it's a spectacle unlike any other in sport there's nobody else that does that has that magnetic energy anywhere 
And I asked Harry Kane that. I mean, he's seen it. He played against Cristiano Ronaldo. He's, again, a football star over in Europe. Those dudes are as famous as it gets. I think he has like 15 and a half million Instagram followers. So he's famous. They know what that's about. And I asked him how Tiger Woods' popularity compares to some of his peers or whatnot. And he even said it's just not even close. So there's more stories to share, and we will throughout the, the, the time here. But uh, it, was a f- it was a phenomenal, fantastic, humbling week down in Augusta. Tell me about Scotty Scheffler, man. When you talked to him and talked to Bubba the Saturday before he won, and you obviously shared the quote that you had from him about his soul. And yep. I think what stood out to me about this year's Masters was all of the focus was on Tiger physically, but the winner revealed a lot about himself mentally and to you spiritually. So yep. you covered all those bases, and Scotty has that rock-solid not going to bother me mindset between the ears, which every successful golfer needs. I feel like Brooks Kepka had it over the last few years. He's kind of fallen off a little bit, and I don't know if it was the battle with Bryson DeChambeau that derailed him a little bit, but that was what always struck me about Brooks was his intestinal fortitude. And you watch Scotty, and he has the same thing with not as much ego, to be quite honest, but he also has what matters to him in his life. Those perspectives, those priorities, totally nailed down. And when he hit that shot on number three, Brittany, my wife, looked at me and said, he's going to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I can't say new. I'm the worst in the world that's ever been born at prognostication. I can't pick games. I can't pick winners. I'm horrible. And – when he, hit the, when he hit his third shot on 18 on Saturday from the pine straw, the complete lack of concern that he showed, the composure that he maintained, I was completely taken aback. And, you know, he, he blistered that thing. He nuked it from the pine straw to the back of the 18th green. And right then I just kind of looked at Travis and I'm like, I think this thing's dusted, bro. I think it's over. And then, you know, we, we got the opportunity to interview Scotty one-on-one after that third-round performance. Uh, and the question that I had for him was, what was it about your person – or what is it? What is it about your personality or your preparation or your makeup or your past or what is it that enables you to stay so composed on such a massive global stage when you know – the greatest dream you could ever fathom is at stake. When those are, when, when, when that is what is on the table for you, if you just don't screw it up, how do you maintain that composure? And again, I mean, I was blown away by, away by his answer. I'm paraphrasing in this moment, but what he said was, if I win this golf tournament, yes, it will change my life on the golf course but it will not change my life at home because it will not impact my heart. It will not impact my soul. And when you know it's already written, then who am I to 
put myself in a position to even be anxious. And that allows me to play freely and thereby I can just go do my best and have great solace in whatever that is. And he is 25 years old. I will be 46 on Friday. I learned so much from him in that moment. And I was reminded, I felt very small, if we're being honest. It reminded me that so often our insecurities and our anxiety is driven by our ego. I don't know the exact quote, Wes, but there was an unbelievable moment with Giannis Antetokounmpo when he was asked about, oh, do you remember? The, I forget what exactly what the context was, but he had this unbelievable thought that if we're worried about the past, it's, I forget what, like our ego. If we're worried about the future, it's, I, I, Travis may be able to look that quote up right now. It's a, it was a tremendous moment of clarity. When For you focus on the who, past, that's your ego. When I focus on the future, it's my pride. That's it. And he's 25 years old or whatever. You know, he's, he's mid-20s. And so these, these young people with wisdom and perspective so far beyond their years and life experience are using these platforms at the Masters Tournament as the MVP of the NBA, as an NBA champion to teach all of us that – especially in this world with so much venom, especially in this world where people go on their phone to vent their frustrations, and in so many instances, they choose somebody that they see often to take that out on, whether that's athletes, entertainers, media people, whatever. I had a guy tell – I woke up this morning to a guy telling me he was going to find me and whip my ass. And so that can make me Travis, mad. was that you? It was not me. He said that to me about six times this week. It was not me. Um, but anyway, the point is, I was so grateful to Scotty Scheffler for reminding me of how small we are. And it was a beautiful thing. And then he went and closed the deal, and he used his post-master's uh, press conference to even elaborate on that further. And to say I'm impressed would be a colossal understatement. He's a special one. Um, this isn't a golf podcast. This is a dad podcast, parent podcast. But I tweeted on Saturday. I said, if you've ever wondered why dads love golf so much, the master's leader just spent 20 minutes working in pine straw and shrubbery and promptly put on a vest. If that doesn't <laughs> sum up why dads love golf and the master's, that's it. One more quote that I thought of when I heard – Scotty, um, big fan of C.S. Lewis, and he had this concept of rings, these inner rings that people try to find themselves in, the status that they seek in their lives. And you nailed it, talking about social media and ego. And with athletes and winning the Masters, it doesn't really get much more of a status symbol than that. But he wrote about the quest of the inner ring of status. He said, it'll break your hearts unless you break it. But if you break it, a surprising result will follow. If in your working hours, you make the work your end, you will presently find yourself all unawares inside the only circle in your profession that really matters. You will be one of the sound craftsmen and other sound craftsmen will know it. And he's a craftsman, man. He is owning his craft, playing golf, and he's one of the best craftsmen there is right now, winning everything he's done on the tour and now winning a green jacket. 
it's an incredible run, and he's, as we've said, only 25 years old. Travis has the statistic, and he can share it with us, but the statistic that blows my mind the most is that only two golfers have won four of the six tournaments leading up to and including the Masters, and that include a major and uh, a World Golf Championship event. And those two golfers are Scotty Scheffler and they are Tiger Woods. And Tiger did it like eight times. And it just tells you the rare air that he's in. And he, again, he's leading with humility. I got asked a bunch of times on ESPN this week about what Tiger is doing and why we're seeing this different person. And it's because he's leading with humility in my mind. He, Tiger Woods is a humbled man. He's a man that is like overwhelmed with gratitude that he is able to play the game that he loves so dearly when by all in, by, for, for all intents and purposes, admittedly, he could have lost his leg and is lucky to be alive. And we marvel at the fact that he was able to walk 90 holes at Augusta National last week. And the example that he set on a broader plane to me was just so important. And I, I, let's go back to Scotty real quick, Wes. I have a friend, I uh, just talked to him this morning, who is battling cancer. And he told me that when he saw me report on Scotty's spiritual approach to life, he desperately needed that message in that moment. And that it inspired him to go out and get off the couch and be social and work in the yard and all the things that are hard right now and, and difficult for him with what he's managing. But when he heard that, that it inspired him so deeply. And I mean, you want to talk about feeling real small. Uh, it's just unbelievable that, that Scheffler's using his platform that way. It's impressive. All right. So coming up, uh, Tiger has said that he will try to play in the PGA championship. He wants to play at the Open at St. Andrews. Uh, the PGA is in Tulsa. So if you want to talk about an easy walk, it's pretty yep. flat out there typically. Uh, I don't know about Southern Hills that much, though. And then the U.S. Open is in uh, Massachusetts. So um, we've already done a live show from Augusta. Can't wait to do one in Tulsa, Massachusetts, and then uh, go over to the old course for live shows down the road. What do you think about that, Travis? I mean, if they want to have us out there to do some podcasts, let's do it. Travis and I had an unbelievable experience. I detail this on the Masters podcast, but it certainly bears repeating here. We had the opportunity. Uh, there was uh, a gallery attendant at the 12th tee at Amen Corner on Sunday. Every Sunday, as I stated last week on the podcast, I grab a couple beers once I get cleared from ESPN and I know I'm not going to be on camera. And I go down to Amen Corner, and I have a beer for me and a beer for Dad. And I was in that mode. And Travis and I walked down to Amen Corner. We had a couple beers. And we're, you know, it's good old boy central. I mean, it's like the college football fans are everywhere. And they want to ask about their team. And so I'm chatting with a couple guys. And all of a sudden, this attendant is, is right in my face. And he said, uh, Mr. Smith, I'm a huge fan of your work. 
if you would please follow me. Uh, I have two chairs on the ropes right down here at 12T, and I would be honored if you would sit in them. And I went, well, who's are – like, what? Like, I was blown away. Who's are they? What's the deal here? Are we going to – we don't want to upset anybody? And he, he goes, no. I'm the tee box attendant. We would appreciate if you would sit in them. So Travis and I go down to the 12 tee box, and we are – the rope is like going across our legs, basically. And we had the opportunity to watch five or six pairings come, uh, you know, uh, uh, finish their 11th, tee off on the 12th, finish the 12th, tee off on the 13th, and drink a couple beers. Well, while we were there, we befriended some – sweet ladies who were seated beside us and uh then Hideki Matsuyama exits the 11th green and walks up the hill to the 12th tee right in front of us I mean I don't know Travis what was he less than 10 feet away five ten maybe, feet away something like that maybe 10 feet like if you like cough just the slightest he was going to hear it right and so we're sitting there, and, you know, he's the defending Masters champion, so he got a standing ovation. Everybody at the at Amen Corner stood up, and he acknowledged uh, with gratitude their sweet gesture. And as we're sitting there, these two young boys, maybe 10, 12 years old, of Asian descent, hustled down the galley, the uh, alleyway between the chairs, uh, there at the 12th. And as they're making their way down, the gallery attendant is doing this, like ushering them forward and forward and forward, and they keep coming. And he asks another patron if he might borrow the bag in which you put the master's chair to carry it. And he spreads this bag across the alleyway so that these young men have a place, these boys have a place to sit and watch their hero tee off at the Masters at Amen Corner. It gets better. When Matsuyama hit his tee shot, a substantial divot went flying through the air. And it was probably, I don't know, Travis, the size of my hand, maybe a little bigger than that. And the tee was still embedded in the divot. And Matsuyama makes his way towards Hogan Bridge to go over Ray's Creek to walk to the 12th green. And that attendant picks up the divot in which the tee was still embedded, and he walks over to those young boys, and he folds it over in half with the tee sticking up. And he says, here you go, fellas. I got a sandwich for you. And he hands this divot to these young boys, and they looked at each other equally giddy and dumbfounded that this was happening. And I thought about it on a broader plane when I wrote it for the Masters podcast, that while that was a throwaway gesture for that attendant, while it was a kind moment that he would just move directly on from, these young boys... That, that piece of ground, that is hallowed ground that they are holding. And if they nourish it with the water of passion moving forward, it will grow roots that will last well beyond their lifetimes. And 
I just, in terms of trying to, we spend countless hours as writers and orators trying to capture the mystique of the masters. I've never seen any moment that did it more than that. That's the best sandwich anyone got at Augusta National. It was, I mean, it, it was just something else to see, man. It was awesome. Well, that's also because the pimento cheese and egg salad is also just not good. Travis, um, you're going to need to shut your mouth, son. That's a blasphemous statement that you just uttered. It's not. Give me the barbecue sandwich, the chicken sandwich, the chicken biscuit, the sausage biscuit, but the pimento and the egg salad, they're just not good. So um, I commented on one of your things this week, and I said the only thing y'all didn't do was revive the peach ice cream sandwich. Travis, sandwich hater down here, says it's because he doesn't like it. There are just some things that you don't need to put out in public. Some things you just can keep to yourself, man. I just think that it's not... It's not the the Georgia peach ice cream just isn't it's not good. Like you give me a vanilla with the cookie on, on both sides of the sandwich, perfect. But I just don't think it's that good. So when I found out that because of, you know, shortages they weren't gonna have it this year, I was like, okay. I believe they actually make that peach ice cream. The Georgia peach ice cream is made in Tennessee, which is a plot twist. Wait, what? That is a that is a little bit of a plot twist. Um Imagine if it was made in the Penn State Creamery, the Nittany Lion Creamery. Um, the reason that Travis doesn't Christy do a whole Cookie lot of, Co. Sorry, Christy what Cookie is Co. It? The Christy Christy Cookie Co. Yeah, in Nashville. Okay, I want. You, oh, it's Travis. You could go right down the street and get some. Go tell them to their face. You don't like their peach ice cream sandwich, Travis. They're gonna they're gonna put up a picket line right outside of the outsider headquarters. They're gonna come to Brentwood, and they're gonna have signs that say Georgia Peach Travis sucks. Georgia <laughs> Peach Travis sucks. <laughs> I'll lead that charge. I didn't hear your question, Travis, but you're wrong about your opinion. I'll, I'll re-ask. Do you think the state of Tennessee is doing this on purpose to stick it to Georgia? Like, we're not going to give them their pride, their ice cream that they're so prideful about? Hmm. That's a good question. If I'm Christy, maybe we should try to get Christy on the show. She probably won't talk on the record about her famous ice cream sandwich. But if I'm Christy, she will not. I'd be honored to have anything from the state of Tennessee represented in the great state of Georgia. Um, one of the many reasons that Travis probably doesn't love the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich is because there is a beer that they sell at Augusta National, and the beer is called Crow's Nest. And what the beer is – by the way, it's absolutely phenomenal. If, if any of y'all are fans of Lion Kugel Summer Shandy, which is the easiest drinking boat beer. Well, I mean, Coors Light maybe. But Summer Shandies are easy drinking boat beer. Those, that, that's, a, that's a Team Smith Incorporated staple on the pontoon when we're floating around Lake Norman. It, Crow's Nest is Linen Kugel Summer Shandy times five. 
It's just better. And it could be because we're at the Masters Tournament. It, by all means, it's delicious. It's this like lemon-infused beer that's so refreshing and easy to drink. And this is a guesstimation. All right. Travis and I were on the grounds at Augusta National for eight days. Sunday to Sunday, we were on the grounds. I bet you that man drank 50 crow's nests. Travis, what's, how about my, uh, how accurate do you think that estimation is? I don't think it's, I think it's a little under, because I know Friday only had uh, one on property. Sunday when I got there, I only had one drink. So I think it's under that number. You should have okay. picked up a scorecard from the gift shop while you were there not buying me things and uh, <laughs> and done a tally, kind of like par, like par, well, I, score to par style. I can do some research because I have all my cups. Well, actually, I lost a few. It was devastating. It was probably the worst thing that happened this week. But I, I have some Amartys, but I can get an estimate and... To your point, though, about not buying you anything, I got you a hat. I got my request in pretty late. I got, you, I got you a hat, and then I said, if you don't like this one, I have a plethora of hats that I bought this year. I bought, I think, eight in total. I said, choose any of them, and you said, no, thank you. So, sir, you had your chance to get something. So, for the record, uh, here's what happens when you, when you enter the Masters Vortex. You get in there, and you lose complete contact with the outside world. And however, when you do reconnect to the outside world, every friend you've ever had is like, Hey man, can you go to the store and get me a hat? Or can you just get me like a polo or maybe you could get me a quarter zip or something. Ex-girlfriends, the cousin that your family disowned. I'm telling you. They're all texting so, you. One of those friends of mine, here's a, here's a flex, like total name drop, watch your toes. But one of those friends, like I don't remember what day it was, Travis, Friday, Saturday, something like that. I get a text from Luke Combs. And Luke's like, hey, bud, hook your boy up. So I'm like, well, what do you want? He goes, get me a hat. And I'm like, well, there's all kinds of hats. It's the greatest hat selection in the history of the Masters. What do you want? Do you want like a trucker hat? Do you want like a rope hat? Do you want, what do you want, dude? Like traditional, regular old hat? And so he goes, rope all day. So I'm like, all right, so Travis, we got to get Luke a rope hat. So guess what he picked? He went with the green rope hat. So Luke's going to get a green Masters Tournament rope hat. Um, well, hold welcome. on a second here, Marty. I think you have some, but I have some. Uh, I know Luke will be listening to this. Luke, I live in Nashville. I have a I have a hat. I have multiple hats. I will trade you hats for tickets to a concert at some point. Like is I think that's fair for me to try to throw out there, right? All right, I think that's totally fair. Um, I I I know he'll be listening. I'm sure that he will respond to this with some sort of video that we can post next week. Luke, you're on the clock. Did you um, happen to see Luke's uh, post uh, from Tortuga? No, but I saw Morgan Wallens. That looked like a madhouse, so, dude. So Luke posted a photo, and uh, he said he might have forgot uh, some of the lyrics to South on You and then also got burnt. His face, Marty, you thought you had issues with the sun this past week. Luke. Well, he's a ginger too, dude. He's as pale as I am. You need to get him a straw hat. 
I do need to get him a straw hat. I see. I incorporate all the different measures. If you suffer, okay. It, when Travis and I are walking around the grounds at Augusta National, I have on every single part of me is covered except my hands, and I put so much SPF seven trillion on my hands and my neck too to make sure that no sun can penetrate this force field i could probably get shot in the hand with a 12 gauge and it would ricochet off of my hand because i don't want anything to do with it and i wear this i wear this straw hat that i was gifted a couple of years ago uh was it, i think it was the 2020 masters by an awesome awesome kid named zach hendricks he's a georgia bulldog west blankenship Zach is cool. an awesome, awesome person. Good dogs. With just a beautiful heart. And he, he was uh, – I don't remember if he was interning with Augusta or if he was working there that year. It was one of the two. And he – like I was holding – I always use my notepad. If I don't have – like if I don't have coverage, I just use my notepad to shield my face. And he saw me doing that at Amen Corner. I was standing there all by myself. And he comes down. He's like, hey, can I help you out, man? I was like, you can. I said – I will here's my credit card. Take my credit card. Take my credit card and get me one of those straw hats. And Zach was sweet enough to do that and uh, I wear that hat every day. Well, if you saw us walking around, you it, I don't even know if you guys are all too young. There was something called uh where is Carmen San Diego or who is uh, Carmen yeah, San Diego? Yeah, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, something like that. And don't they have like a humongous like? Aren't they super shady looking like with their brim hat? She wears down, like a, Kentuck right? a Kentucky Derby hat. Yeah, that's it. That's me. That's me at the Masters. And but now everybody knows it, so I don't. I can't hide too long. Uh, I have no idea where the hell I was going with that story, but anyway. Oh, Luke's face. Yeah, Luke's sunburn. Of course he, dude. He is pale. Of course he's getting a sunburn. But, like, I, look, any time that an artist – th these guys forget their words sometimes. It happens. It happens to all of them. And people are like, how the hell could you forget the words to a song you wrote? Because they wrote 50 million songs, and he probably doesn't sing South on you every night. And he might have had a cold beer too many. It happens to the best of us. Hell, when you guys are singing karaoke, you got the words scrolling in front of you and you can't even do it. It happens. The difference for fans, though, is I think they're actually better at singing the songs when they're drunk. They remember the lyrics better. So it's like a reverse, like where the singer actually stumbles. The, the fans actually know it better. There are a couple of things that I am better at when I have a buzz. I am better at cornhole. I'm better at bowling. I'm certainly better at pool. And with golf, there's that there's a really fine line with golf oh, where yeah. it just goes. I mean, you you go from like, man, I am I am going to shoot 80 today <laughs> to damn it, I shot 120. I'll today. never forget like, one of the callers you and uh, McGee had that was talking about a, the best golf tip he ever got. And he was talking about that threshold and uh I think he had a Stay few. In line, Wesley. It, and the and the guy that gave him advice said, "You need to open up sooner." And he said, "What are you talking about? Like like my hips?" And he said, "No, you need to start drinking sooner." <laughs> yeah, we had this week on Marty and McGee. 
we had so many unbelievable calls of folks who, again, I'm going back to the spirituality of the grounds at Augusta National. People who went there for the first time and spread their father's ashes at Amen Corner and all of that kind of stuff. Calls were unbelievably beautiful. And, it, I mean, people cried on air. And I loved everything about it. And then I had a moment on Sunday morning. I had the early shift for Sports Center. I forget what it was, like seven to I don't remember what eight it was. To, eight Travis, to ten. Like eight to ten. And so I get we get there and it's probably seven fifteen in the morning and it's freezing cold and I'm standing in the sunshine, basking in the sun. It was the one warm place. And I'm by myself and I'm just standing on the first fairway in front of our camera. And there was a gentleman to my right, maybe eight feet away. And Wes, I'm not kidding you. He was he had his hands behind his back, and he was just staring at the grass at, on the first fairway. Was it the just ghost of Bobby Jones? Like, leaned over, staring at it. And I'm watching this dude, and I am not kidding you. A tear rolled out of his left eye. Mm. And so, being inquisitive and being a storyteller, I walked over to him, and he goes, "Oh my God, man, what's up, Marty? What are you doing here, Desiree? Uh, great to meet you." And I said, sir, uh, I, I couldn't help but see your emotion. M may I ask what it is? And he told me a whole story. He was 26 years, military, retired. He currently holds a job at Fort Bragg where he helps soldiers who come home from war be reinserted into the workforce stateside here. And his little sister is a military nurse still enlisted she won a ticket lottery she won one ticket to the masters for the sunday round and <laughs> she called her older brother actually i think he said he's the baby but she's the youngest girl so she calls her brother and says are you sitting down and he goes are you okay what's going on do you she goes stop i need you to sit down so he sits down not knowing what's coming. And she says, I just got an email. And I'm forwarding you the email right now. Open it. She forwards him the email. He opens it. It says, hello, congratulations. This is not April Fool's. This is not a joke. You have been, uh, you have been chosen to get a ticket to the Sunday round for the Masters the 86th Masters, on April 10th. And as he's telling me this, he, his hands are starting to shake. And he goes, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm actually here witnessing this. He goes, I never would have dreamed that I would walk onto these grounds at this golf tournament. And, 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 and to that again, it's the encapsulation. It's, it's, you have to see it in order to try to describe it, and even then you just can't. It's impossible to do it. But those stories, the Hideki Matsuyama story, um, I wrote his name down, and I don't, I don't have it with me right now. But absolutely beautiful moment. And they're just everywhere. They're everywhere. Well, and also, for some of these people, this was years in the making because they had won the lottery to go to the Masters for the 2020 Masters. And so they've been waiting for this moment for their lifetime. They get it. COVID happens. And so 
then they had to wait another, you know, year to finally go to it, two years. So, you know, the excitement for a lot of these people was even, you know, more than what it normally would have been. Well, it was uh, it was amazing from uh, the second we got there Monday morning with the Tiger effect all the way through Scotty Scheffler winning the 86 Masters. Congratulations to him again. Congratulations to Tiger. Uh, Tiger was very good to us this week, and I am my gratitude is beyond measure for the time that he gave us. I, I just know that when I was in that room, it's the closest I've ever been to him. And as I'm holding, you know, standing there, you know, taking your photos, I noticed I was shaking because I was in the yeah. presence of arguably the greatest golfer ever. It's there's so many layers to it. There's so many layers to the Tiger Woods story, right? And I've told the redemption story on here. Uh, when you when you look at this 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 equation, there, there are so many variables in it. There is, to to your point, Travis, COVID. We they have there has been no gathering of full tilt patrons at the Masters since Tiger won in 2019. So there's that aspect of it. It was full tilt again. There is the fact that 14 months ago, he crashed a car in a horrific accident that resulted in open fractures of his leg that now was surgically repaired with rods and plates and pins and screws and all this other whatnot. There is the fact that he might have lost that leg, that he could have died, that uh, he's full of this humility and wants to project that. It's just an un... It's, you can, I mean, Hollywood couldn't write it. And I'm grateful for him... That he, I'm grateful for him that he had the opportunity to go out on his terms. I think about Dale Jr. When Dale Jr. went through his concussion issues, he was hell-bent to come back to the cockpit of that 88 car on his own so that he could go out the way he wanted to go out and not have some doctor tell him, you're done. He wanted to say, I'm done. He didn't want somebody else telling him he was done. And I don't, I've not asked Tiger this question. I don't know this answer. But I would imagine, at least in some small way, that was part of this. And I'm just uh, – it's marvelous. It was huge for golf. The ratings were outrageous. And that's the Tiger effect, man. <laughs> I, I pose this question to you, and Wes, you haven't heard this, so I'm curious what you and the other people think. Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. He went to Texas. Is Texas back? Um. I'll answer your question with a question. Do Texas golfers still say hook them? There's a lot of Texas golfers who are masters. Because in champions. golf, you don't. I know that much. You don't want to. You don't want to hook. Hook it. You know. Travis, get that list out that you that graphic you have on your phone. It's Ben Crenshaw, Jordan Spieth, Justin it's, Leonard. Uh, ben, now it's Scheffler. Ben Crenshaw, Tom Kite, Mark Brooks, Justin Leonard, and Jordan Spieth are. Uh, major champions from the university of texas major champion and I, i'm guessing here in a year or two the sec is going to claim all of these victories yeah as they should I love
I love when old Big Ten Travis shows up. Good gracious. The Big Ten couldn't couldn't add Texas, so you know they would do the same thing. You know, I was I was in the carpool line this morning. Do we have a Vivian and question? We haven't had one in a few weeks. We're going to start Vivian's carpool question of the week. Let me tell you something about Vivian. She'll do whatever she wants. When I am driving my daughter to carpool, she has the most amazing questions. My nine-year-old Vivian. Some of my favorite conversations I have with my daughters on the way to school. They, I get to learn about their lives. I get to learn about what they're thinking about. I'll simply ask, what are you thinking about right now? All right, what is Vivian's carpool question of the week? I actually have a Mia question okay. that is awesome. Hold on, let me. I got to get my notes up here. But before we get to that, uh, let me let me finish that other comment. Fancy came on. I always listen to Prime Country. I'm trying to inject some good music into my little girl's veins, and and maybe they'll remember it the way my parents did for me. And Fancy comes on. That song is timeless, and that song is so great. The writing is unbelievable. The story is unbelievable. And Reba McIntyre's delivery of that character, like she, she, she put that character in that song into, into, a, into a syringe, and she injected that character into her soul so that she could sing that song that way. And her deli- it takes a special talent to deliver that message that way. And it's just remarkable. If y'all have not heard it in a while, go back and listen to it. Because, I mean, I, it was like 1985 or something. I don't even know what year that song came out. I was a kid. Uh, 1990. But 1990. Cover of Bobby Gentry's it, 1969 single. It's unbelievable. Okay, let me find Mia's question here. It can be uh, difficult listening to tunes in the car strike a balance between what you want to listen to not totally devolve into oh. you know coco melon or whatever i don't even know if your kids are young enough to have that in their lives marty but i'm sure you had something else that the ki- all the kids were listening to you know and i just i have to draw oh, yeah. a line Very grip. i can't be riding around listening to uh the frozen soundtrack on repeat Pridefully, I know it by heart. Um, I know every word so of the Frozen soundtrack by heart. There's part of that you got to entertain them, but you also got to educate them and bring them along and show them an example of some real music to grow up to. Um, so Mia's question is awesome, Daddy. Why do people call Las Vegas Vegas, but they don't call Los Angeles Angeles? So you're telling me that all of your kids are just sitting here asking you these. I swear, dude. I'm not making this shit up. I swear these are the questions they ask. Dude, they are throwing some mid-season heat at you every single day. How do you even stay on your toes? Do you answer them all the time? Or do you just say, I'm going to have to get back but to what, you? I mean, I, I try, but there's no, there's no way. I don't, how do you answer that question? I pose it to you, the people. The loyal Marty Smith Podcast Legion. Answer this for us. Daddy, why do they call Las Vegas Vegas, but they don't call Los Angeles Angeles? Help us out. Because I, I, got, I got nothing. I don't know. It just doesn't roll off your tongue. That's why. Like Vegas, baby. Like it's Angeles, baby. It just doesn't sound the same. 
But but it it could if somebody had done it in 1950. It's just like anything else. So, if somebody was like, man, I'm going to head out to Angeles this weekend, what y'all going to do? I bet there's someone that calls it Angeles. There's um, – the Vegas thing's interesting because Vegas loses the loss, but you can also add Vegas to other places like Starkville. People call Stark Vegas. So you're adding Vegas then to other locales. Yeah, I just I, I tried to when, when she asked the question, I just looked. She she rides in the front seat, and Vivi rides in the back seat, and I just looked at her and I was like, "That's an unbelievable question." I love that. I love that. That's where their minds are. I love that. I pride myself on being a talented question crafter of those whom I interview, but my kids at this young age are better at it than I am. Travis, you have something that you desperately want to share with us. I think I just spit on my keyboard. That was a track. Speaking of Los Angeles, is anybody else bothered by the angels and their name? Because it's just the Department of Redundancy Department. I have no idea what you're the talking lo- about. The what's going Los- on? Travis, what's going on over there, man? The, you- Los- the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's... Yeah, that's a little. It's much. just the Department of Redundancy Department. The the Angels, Angels. I mean, it's definitely too much. I mean, just I I remember like when I was a kid, they were the California Angels. That's how old I am. I'm old as pond water. Did Rod Carew ever play for the California Angels? I feel like he did, but maybe not. I feel like I had a Rod Carew Angels card. Yeah, look it up, Travis. Uh, he did. He played for the California Angels from '79 to '85. I think. There you go. I think they okay. need. I get that they play in Anah- Anaheim, but Anaheim's in California. They need to go back to the California Angels. It just sounds cool, California Angels. But I get it. There's, I mean, there's the Dodgers, there's the Padres, there's all kinds of California teams. So I can understand why they made it a little more micro, but. Anaheim Angels is plenty. It suffices. You don't need to go all that other drivel you just said. I kind of like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Kind of sounds like a biker gang. It's very specific. It is very specific. Do you think they wear leather jackets with like a skull on the back, slamming a cold beer and like riding a tiger? I think you're onto something. I think they need to make special jerseys for like one game where it looks like a, a cut that bikers wear. Like, like the the Harley Harley night with the Los Angeles Anaheim of yes. Angels, Anaheim Angels of Anaheim, whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> one other uh, uniform note before we depart. Went to uh, the Waffle House with the buddy on Saturday, and I had a Masters hat on, and our server said, "Did you get those Adidas waffle shoes?" And I said, no, did you? And she said, no, I didn't get them. They had a lottery for those two, and we couldn't get them. And I just would like to recommend to Waffle House, a brand that I respect and enjoy, uh, hook up your people with those waffle shoes because they want them just like everyone else does. I immediately texted the great Jeff Collins, the head football coach of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets who is the most passionate Waffle House consumer ever. Every single morning, that man has a Waffle House sweet teacup in his hand. And I said, and they're an Adidas school. Georgia Tech is an Adidas school. 
So I hit him up. I'm like, bro, did you get the Waffle House golf shoes yet? And he said, no, but the CEO tells me that they are in the mail. Mm -hmm. That day, he sends me a photograph. Let me see if I can pull it up on my phone. I had multiple friends text me asking me if I could get them those shoes. Now, I failed. One place that I failed at the Par 3 contest is I looked down at Sergio Garcia's feet, and I said, those are the Waffle House shoes. I know they are. But then I could see the back heel of his shoe, and there was no Waffle House. I did not study the shoes well enough on the interwebs because the Waffle House is actually up on, like, the Achilles tendon sort of area, and that was covered by his mm. pants, and I, they were the Waffle House shoes, and I failed. Symbolic. I should have asked him about Waffle it. House is an Achilles heel for many of us here in the Southland. Wes is on his A. Hey, it took one hour, but that was a great joke. Here you go. Here is the photograph that the great Jeff Collins sent me. Look at this. That is a happy man right there, ladies and gentlemen. He has his Waffle House Adidas golf shoes, mm -hmm. and apparently I guess they come in a box that looks like a Waffle yeah. House. How about that? It's even cooler, Wes. That's actually uh, right before kickoff of a Georgia Tech football game as well. Oh, Wes, Wes, uh, I'm not too sure, but did, did your wife bring the flamethrower into your office in the last five minutes? Now, I've got a question for you, Marty. You are a well-known Nike Jordans guy. Correct. Would you make an exception for this? Uh, no, I wouldn't, and here's why. I have, uh, I have cool gray 11 golf shoes. I have... Concord 11 golf shoes. I have Air Max 97 crystal golf shoes. I have AJ1 golf shoes. I'm good in the golf shoe department. But, oh, wait, Travis, this also, wait a minute. This is a very important topic. All right, so Waffle House and Adidas. The great Wes Blankenship has requested that you send him some Waffle House Adidas. No, not me. Not me. Golf shoes. I, I request that Waffle House and Adidas send a pair, send several pairs to the people that actually work at Waffle House. Uh, I repeat, Adidas and Waffle House. The great Wes Blankenship has requested that you send him a pair of Waffle House Adidas golf shoes. Out. Let me tell you who is winning the golf bag department. Oh, I know. Did you see my boy Daniel Berger's John Deere golf bag? Yes. Did you see this thing? Yes. This golf bag is – he has lapped the field in the golf bag department, y'all. It is – if y'all have not seen it, Daniel just signed a PSA of some form or fashion with John Deere. And so his golf bag is now a John Deere golf bag. It is white, a little hint of John Deere yellow, and it is John Deere green. It says John Deere all the way up the side. Big John Deere stitching. It has the Deere logo on, like, the ball compartment area. It is awesome. And all it is missing, all it is missing is stitching between his last name, Berger, and the little airline. I guess it's he probably has a PSA with this Nicholas Air or whatever they are, too. It should – I have told him this. I sent, I sent him a note. Dude, you have to get him to put Billy Bob Love Charlene. Stitch it in that golf bag and you will win. You will, I mean, every red, you will become a man of the people. You will be the redneck golfer for whom we That's all. That's growing the game, man. 
he's got some competition on rednecks joining golf fandom though with Cameron Smith because I know he lives he in Jacksonville, close. Florida. I know he's from Australia, but you can't tell me that guy didn't live in Macon, Georgia in a former life. Travis and I had a whole debate about this over Crow's Nest cold beers about, and I even asked Cameron this. I, I interviewed him for sports center on Tuesday. I said, what do you call that thing? What do you call that flow? Is that the shrimp on the Barbie? Like, what are we, what are we going to call his mullet? Let's name his mullet. Uh, uh, okay. Marty Smith Podcast Legion, help us name Cameron Smith's mullet. The Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. I mean, it's like we can't do that to him because he would scoff at the fact that an Outback Steakhouse reference was like, I mean, you know, should we call that thing like the. I call it the uh, back nine. That's pretty good. That's good. I mean, that's pretty good. It's the blonde mustache, man. That's what is difficult to get past yeah it's a lot it's a lot but you know what i bet he is making an absolute fortune off of that whole ensemble and he's golfing his ass off on top of it he won 3.7 million dollars in the players and was in contention to win the masters until 12 happened on sunday so he is that dude is hooping um, all right, that's enough. I think we've ran our faces for an hour. That's a long time. Appreciate you being here, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, Travis, I had a blast with you in Augusta, and uh, I am full of gratitude for that opportunity. And uh, next week we'll have a guest. we got a couple in the queue here. we got Midland coming up. We have who else we have coming up, Travis? Uh, eight, who else is on the Aiden schedule? Aiden Hutchinson, Dusty Slayer, also uh, coming up we'll, in the future. We'll have uh, Aiden Hutchinson right before the NFL draft here in a couple weeks. Dusty Slay's funny as hell, so we'll have him on the show as well. Uh, can't wait for you guys to hear that. Spend time with those folks. We appreciate y'all listening so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this family. Please rate, review, follow, subscribe, send smoke signals. Get Wes's blowtorch out. I mean, dude, you were on one there that last few minutes. I mean, throwing shade at Georgia Tech, man. I yeah, we can edit that one out, Travis. That was probably a low I blow. Think, I think, I think, uh, I think it should probably stay there. Stay in. Uh, I think it should probably stay there. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country working so hard to keep our community safe. Those of you who in Augusta. Uh, mentioned uh, our appreciation for law enforcement. I'm grateful that you're listening to this podcast. Thank you, guys. We're grateful for what y'all do. Thank you so much to our first responders, firemen, EMTs. We're grateful for your uh, bravery, your courage. And the same goes for the United States military. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. We are full of gratitude for being free. It is the greatest blessing. Have an awesome week, everybody. Thank you so much for being part of the Marty Smith and Outsider podcast family. Y'all be good. We'll try better next time around. Peace.